Hey everybody, this is Dee Dee Lavrak. It's your daily unfiltered, uncensored show from the downtown Tenderloin District. It's San Francisco Dam. Hey, how are you doing today? This is your short show for Monday, July 20th, 2020. Thanks for coming along, listening, subscribing. I appreciate you very much. I am in between your ears or just floating around your room. That's quite an honor. I mean that. I appreciate everything that you're doing for me, even thinking about me. I do. I appreciate it. So my show today is I re-recorded this because I was talking too much at the beginning and I was rushing talking about what the topic is. So I'm not going to demystify anything that's not related to the topic and I will just refer you to another show. And the show is under 10 minutes and I think this topic deserves more care than I gave it in the other shows that I recorded. So here we go. Here's what I learned from Asian cultures living in the Tenderloin. This is a, of course, you know, Tenderloin-based show. Lived here over 25 years. The Tenderloin is a very dense, multicultural neighborhood. Lots of immigrants of all races, Asian, many different Asians, Hispanics, different Hispanics, Arabs, white people. A lot of white people do not claim living in the Tenderloin. Gee, I wonder why not. (laughs) And black people. It is not a black neighborhood. However, it had and has been used as San Francisco's primary black junkie containment area. A junkie is someone who's lost housing, jobs, children. The majority of the people on the streets of San Francisco, California, are junkies, and junkies lose their house, their jobs, and their children because of their drug addiction. It's You're really hardcore when you're on the street, when you've fallen that far. So this neighborhood had been used as a containment zone, but since... Um, shelter in place, our mayor has allowed them to infest the city. Yeah, this is the language I use. And uh, they're in different neighborhoods. But the Tenderloin used to be like, oh, yeah, we're there in the Tenderloin. I said, yeah. And now the other neighborhoods are singing the Tenderloin blues because our mayor basically let them loose on most of the city. Yeah, but you didn't know that. That's why I make these shows so you can hear what's going on on the street, day-to-day life in the Tenderloin, this daily show. Great, I've got plenty of time to tell you what this topic about is about, and more specifically, what I've learned from Asian culture living in the, the Tenderloin as a biologically born black straight woman. I like to define myself, and it's okay if I do. I don't want any cancel culture coming for me, but how can you cancel me? I'm basically underground. I'm quite unpopular. I'm a cult artist. I appreciate it. I don't want to be famous. And I have to keep saying, I should just have this as my tag. I was not born with a penis. People assume that every black woman is a male to female transsexual. Like, uh, because all this, no, I, I was not born with a penis and more power to those who were. So here's what I have learned. Let me just go down the list. I'm going to start at what I find the most positive trait. And when I say Asian, I'm not going to specifically name uh, a certain Asian because there are so many uh, examples. There's African American, they're black. There's Jamaicans, they're black. Haitians, they're black. Uh, British uh, Africans, they're black. You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to use blanket Asians. And these are people that I have uh, come across with face to face. I'm not talking about any uh, keyboard uh, friendships. This is people I've, you know, done things with. So um, I love the family focus of Asians. I've seen that here. Uh, Asians that live in the Tenderloin in general, they are on the, um, they're upwardly mobile. They come here. It's like their springboard. They stay for a bit. 
they save the money. Maybe it'll be two families in a one bedroom or two families in a um, studio. They'll get up. They'll, they will work any job to take care of the family. They are not proud about whatever work they're going to do. They're going to do the work to bring that money in because they have a family goal. Family goal, buying a house. Family goal, uh, paying rent on a bigger place. Family goal, uh, paying for the tutor. And they are totally focused on the children. The children get a lot of care. I appreciate that. You'll see the grandfathers with the children. You'll see the fathers with the children. You do not, I have not seen the single mother Asian culture. It exists. I don't see it here in the Tenderloin. Uh, you know, when they get older, you know, breaking up with their husband. I don't see young Asian women walking around with two kids and no husband and no boyfriend. And it's not the baby culture here. I'm talking about my, my corner of the world. I also appreciate how they downplay things. I've gotten a lot of really good advice from Asian women. And I listen. I'm a big listener. I like being around different cultures. I love the whole diverse thing. Like, for instance, I just like window shopping with the guy. And you'll hear him say, oh, look at that dress. Oh, my goodness. Richard used to do that. My late, great, beautiful husband, Richard Frack. Rest in peace, sweetheart. So I like being around Asians because I'm learning something different, their perspective. And the Asian lady's like, take it easy, like, you know, they're into downplaying. This one Asian lady, we were talking. I told her some good news, and she looked at me, and she says, Don't tell people. They're going to be jealous of you. Don't tell them. They're going to be jealous. And she says, I don't tell them nothing. They get jealous. And I'm like, Yeah. Like, how many women are going to share that? And um, they don't mind underplaying it. They don't care that you think that they are broke. They like it because they get to make moves behind closed doors. They love it. And, you know, most, I have to say, most black Americans couldn't do that underplaying bit because we think we have to, and I'm speaking for me, myself, and I, three people, we think we have to present ourselves to the world as prosperous and so people could respect us more. I know the world is not fair, people, and I, I don't make the rules in the world. And the Asians that I've been around, they do not mind downplaying. You will see them in shoes that have been um, resold or the clothes are nice, plain, always clean. They don't, they're not showing the bling. There's an Asian woman I know. Which one? I've known so many in the 25 years living in the Tenderloin. And this woman, I you would see her and she would be dressed for work. And then she says, oh, yeah, here's a picture of me and my husband. You know, we're on vacation. She showed me a picture of her. Honey, she looked like she was from Crazy Rich Asian Movie. I'm serious. She was like, I said, is that you? Oh, yeah, that's me. I'm like, <gasps> she had a gorgeous dress on. Her hair was done. Her makeup, everything professionally applied. And day to day, you wouldn't know it. That is a significant piece of information that I wasn't raised with. <clears throat> And the Asian family is focused on the child's education. They will scrimp for a tutor. They will sacrifice. And I like the way they negotiate. And, you know, I'm, I'm blanket saying Asians. I like the way they, they negotiate. They're not ashamed to negotiate. They will negotiate anywhere, even now. If they can, like, oh, they want something free. Like, can I get that extra? Can I get this? Was that $2? No, here's a dollar. I learned stuff like that. And I've also learned from Asian women how to mack on men. I've learned, oh, so many. 
so many skills from the Asian woman how to math. In general, they are not very aggressive unless they are insecure or they had like weird problems with their father. In general, the Asian woman is a more like passive. I would say the romantic style is passive aggressive, but she's like very determined. And I also learned here in the Tenderloin that a lot of Asian women really love their white males. I cannot blame them. I'm a diversity sister myself. Late great Richard LaFrac was a white too. They love white men. I mean, Richard, my husband here in the Tenderloin, people treated him like a god. I'm serious. He was seen as the authority figure. So I learned that Asians really look up to white people. You have to see that, like, living and see it. Like, wherever I went with him in an Asian place, we just got the five-star treatment. Oh, Richard, Richard. Okay, they're family-focused, education-focused, not loud. They take a lot of uh, jobs that the average person wouldn't take. They underplay it. And that's a lot to learn from a culture, and I appreciate you people. I appreciate you Asian people. Yes, I appreciate all of my Asian friends here in the Tenderloin District. Thank you guys for your friendship. And I really want to thank you, especially those of you who came to my husband's funeral. You know what the Asian people did? They came to my husband's funeral and they gave me an envelope of money to help me pay for the funeral, which I did not need to pay for the funeral. But that's how thoughtful they are. So thank you. Misty moment here. You know, thank you. So everybody, I love you. Guess what? I'm Dee Dee LaFrac. I trust my vibe. San Francisco. Damn.